I'm Joe. And I'm Reed. And this is Double Shot, the digital journal of two young professionals navigating growth in work and life. So on this latest roll-on virtual yeah. episode, uh, they did Q&A, so they sort of broke traditional format. Yeah. And one of the people called in, they said, I am like, I am doing my passion. I have made the thing that I'm passionate about my work, but I am just struggling to like make it sustainable, make it scale, have it be the thing that I they can like financially fulfill me. It was fascinating because both of their responses were, "Why does it need to?" Mm. Like you're the thing that fulfills you doesn't need to be the thing that drives your economics. Yep. And that frequently that ruins it. Yep. And maybe your passion should just be your passion. We talked about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that just like hit me again of like, oh, yeah. I think there's a way that you can have. I don't think people have to have one singular passion. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very passionate about fitness. I'm also very passionate about selling. But I don't like sell fitness. You know what I mean? Yes, I get passionate about them in different arenas. You enjoy sales. You want to be excellent at sales. You want to be the best. All these things, right? But if you were to like say, what is your life's purpose? Would would you say be a great salesman? No, make everybody around me wealthy. Okay, well then there's kind of some of that there too. No, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, like uh, back to the Naval thing. He has a quote about making people wealthy because it's the first step in getting them to self actualization. Essentially, yep, and um. I think I have a, I have both natural inclination towards interest in it and a skill set that allows me to do that. Mm-hmm. So I see my job and my purpose is to make people financially fulfilled so they can do other things. Mm-hmm. Like instead of trying to fake it as if I have these big like change the world dreams and causes that I really care about because I don't. I remember San, I remember San saying this to me. He was, I've always sort of felt weird about the fact that I don't feel really called to like go get my hands dirty inside of some like social issue. Mm-hmm. This is not a thing I feel called to do. And I remember feeling really weird about it. And I was talking to San about it one day and he was like, you know, man, he was like, my wife's like that. She's always felt weird about the fact that she's not super like in the mess. And he's like, and I am an in the mess person. He has hilarious stories about being in the mess, <laughs> but he's like, we need both people. We need people who did, who can enable the people who will be in the mess with time, finances, whatever it is that allows them to do what they're passionate about doing. And we highlight the people who live in the mess, but the people who make it happen on the back end are equally important. And I was like, oh, it's a very interesting like viewpoint. I hadn't really thought about that before. It was very life-giving to me to be like, oh, I should not feel guilty about this. Like I don't have to be in the mess, but I should be able to enable it. Mm-hmm. And so like, there is a definite overlap, at least in the way that I see it, between the thing that I am passionate about professionally. Like I, I want to do, I want to be so good at sales that it's like weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. Um, but the reason I want to do that is that I see this role and this job's role is to make all 41 people inside of Element 3 flush with abundant resources. It's my job. So... And the way that I treat the people who are inside of my inner circle is to make them flush with resources. Whether that's like 
giving to people who don't have the economic capability or have chosen a path that isn't economically like lucrative mm -hmm. because that's the thing that they feel called to do or it's helping them find new work because they want to be there or like, you know, what, whatever that is, like that actually is, if I were to take the buckets of like, make people wealthy, make people healthy, make people happy. I sit inside of make people wealthy, make myself wealthy, make those around me wealthy, get everybody to have abundant resources. They can make better decisions. People act out of a place of abundance. They start giving more like it's just that that is that's purpose for me. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's taken a long time to figure it out. <laughs> well, actually, it hasn't taken that long. It's taken a long time to me, but it doesn't I don't think on the grand scheme of things, it took very long to figure out. Pretty young, if you think. Yeah. About it. Right before 30. There's people who are asking themselves that way later. Way in later. Life. But I've been asking myself it for six years. Yeah. Longer, probably. I don't know. I think it depends when you start asking yourself the question. Like, I think some people just go through life without asking themselves, what am I doing? Uh, I experienced a ton of people like that, and it pains me. Or or don't know how to answer it. Like, what am I doing? I don't know how to answer that, and I don't know where to get resources to answer it. You and I both consume a lot of stuff on that topic. Yeah. But yeah, the people who just kind of receive life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it pains me. Mm. You want to talk mini? Yeah, let's talk about the mini. Your, what was your no? I want to know about your experience with it because you were coming off of a, a, a both scary and probably disappointing <laughs> marathon experience. Yeah, just off some rough shit in general. I don't know if we talked about that on here or not. I can't remember. I can't remember we either. Been on the pod for a little bit. I just say words and forget them immediately. Generally in life, yeah. So I say too many words, so I forget most of them. There you go. Uh, but yeah, a number of things leading up to that that just like were. It was just like a month of just garbage. Essentially, yeah. You had a rough. April to May. Um, so I went in with no expectations. So I had no expectations, but then when we got there, I was like, you know, I think I want to try something, right? Of course, the adrenaline, whatever, the environment. Totally. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out and just like try and push myself a little bit for where I was at, which is still like nowhere near my peak fitness. But I was like, let's just see. And I went out and was holding a decent pace for the first seven miles and then just crashed and burned, which to me is like slowed down 30 seconds a mile did you feel like when you were burnt like crashing was it like a heart rate problem was it a muscular problem my legs just legs were blowing up yeah and i've found part of the reason i know i need to do, be better about cross training is i think it all ends up falling apart at the legs mm. and that like when I experience high heart rate and all those kinds of things, it's actually just because I'm like working so much harder because my legs are just dead. It's like every step is harder. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really that. I can't get my heart rate there when I run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't if I'm sprinting or if I'm doing like rounds of running, but on distance, when I have this expectation of how far, I have, I have not figured out how to pace from a like engine standpoint. What was your heart rate over that race? What I have was no your idea. average? I have no idea. No way to know? No, I didn't wear anything. Damn. I, but care? I can tell you how I felt. I bet you it was in the 140s. Really? At most. Until the last stretch where I was like, there's the finish line. Run. And then it probably got to 175 or 180 when I like pushed it. But the limiter was not, and I, I do only cross training. The limiter was not cardio. Yeah. The limiter was legs. The the like repetitive movement muscle muscle like beat up yeah which also is mostly a form problem i would imagine i bet yeah yeah 
Yeah, so I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, my legs are obviously built up for endurance. Um, totally. It's not, like, like, it's not like they're weak or anything. But in terms of like areas where I could improve to like achieve the next level, if I want to get to like 120 half marathon, I think that's going to be an important piece of the puzzle. You should listen to a, or go read some stuff on um, Chris Hinshaw is a really good resource for this. Yeah. Came into CrossFit from Ironman, and now he's like, he coaches a lot of the best CrossFit athletes in their endurance training. He has a company called Aerobic Capacity. They do seminars for here's how you run and here's how you train. And here, like most CrossFitters do nothing slow and yeah. nothing fast. So we get stuck in this sort of mid range. He's like, nobody's doing fast enough training or slow enough training because we're so used to being in pain that the slow training we think is, is cheating. We're like, this is, why is this easy? It doesn't count. Why am I not wanting to puke? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's sort of the question. <laughs> Um, and so he, he does a lot of stuff on that. It could be a decent resource for you. Cause he came into it from like a, I want to be great at, at Ironman and I'm breaking. And he was a, I think he was a professional or a semi-professional Ironman racer. No, he was pro. Cause he was like second in Hawaii. So he was, he was very good. He was elite. Um, but he was breaking and he was like, I got to figure out what's why I'm always getting hurt. Not your problem, but still got him into cross training. Well, um, as with most things, I know exactly what to do. I just don't do it. It's it, like, it, could, it could be a motivation piece too, though, is to see like, oh, here's somebody who did a thing that I'm interested in. Here's how they used it. Here's like the frequency. Here's like a, a little bit of a blueprint that helps me find some like motivation to do it. I think for me, it's actually just like accountability. That's helpful too. Because I know where I would change a session to be a track session or throw in yeah. some intense intervals. I, I do the and easy solid state stuff. I'm, that's yeah. not a concern. Um, I know how many days in an ideal program that I would actually go to the gym and how many days I would bike. Like I know exactly what a week, month, year would look like in ideal training. I just don't fucking do it. Have you hired a coach before? No. You might think about it. Did I tell you yeah. this recent latest dumb purchase I've made? No. Hired a nutrition coach. Hmm. It's an incredible amount of money to me for coaching. Yeah. Which means it's not actually an incredible amount of money, but I've never paid it before, so it feels incredible. And actually, it's a good sales lesson too. The guy who runs the company... Had a really good sales moment with me. I was impressed. I was like, ooh, that was higher than I expected it to be and told me the price. And he was like, you're probably anchoring it off of your CrossFit membership, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I, yeah. I was like, he was like, what else are you anchoring off of? And I was like, probably what I paid for working against gravity. He was like, yep. He was like, what else? And I was just going through the things I was anchoring off of. And he was like, that's why this feels expensive. Good man. I was like, well done. I, I was like, that's good. Well done. Um, it was good. It was good. But... It was uncomfortable. And then it was immediately, like, weirdly euphoric. Like, buying it was weirdly euphoric. It was like this, like, I'm investing in my own shit. And while it is slightly uncomfortable and I don't really want to spend this kind of money, technically, I can and it feels really good to do it. Same thing with me. I refuse to buy a $45 gym membership. <laughs> but you buy the bike. <laughs> $45 gym membership. You can pay for three years of your gym with a bike. <laughs> yes. I just don't, I don't get it. So yeah, so you started to crash and burn seven miles in. Yes. Uh, and I, it was just a suffer fest. Yeah. From there on out. Like it was just painful. Um, which is how some of them go. Yeah. Uh, and I was like mad for about five minutes. I was like, I mean, I'm in no position to be a, like peak performance right now. Um, 
but it was just enjoyable to do it. You know, the environment's great, yada, yada. And now I'm like ready to sign up for more stuff. Good. It also costs more money. Yeah, it does. Damn it. Life costs money. <laughs> but for you, this was your first. Yeah, first ever run. So yep. do you have like, if you were to talk through it in a series of chapters? Yeah. Break it down for me by like starting out midway through and, and the sort of the back tail of it. I, actually, I'll start earlier than that if that's cool. Um, I would say leading up to the race, you and I had this sort of funny thing going on where it was, you were like, what's your excitement level? Because I had told you, I was like, I think I'm like a two out of 10 on this. Yep. And you were like, really? And I was like, yeah. And as we got closer, I got more to like a five out of 10. I would say I was like, okay, cool. Like ready to do it. And I also found that it was mostly the annoyance of like finding parking and like the infrastructure yeah. was the more annoying part than the actual race itself. And there were some things that just were easier than I expected. Like I booked a parking garage spot, couldn't get there. And then there was an open spot in a lot next to me. I was like, okay, well that worked out great. Yeah. They have places for you to drop your, all your gear. Didn't know that that was nice. Made it easier. You know, it's like yeah. some of these like annoyances that I just didn't know about weren't actually annoyances. Even picking up your stuff the day before was like way easier. They let you park in non-parking zones to do it. It was just like, I thought it was going to be real annoying, which was lowering my fun level. And then I would say that um, I what I didn't have happen to me, and this tells me, I think, a little bit about my motivation to do more of them, is that you were like, you know, the environment, I wanted to try a thing, I got, I got motivated, I was excited for it. Like, I didn't get any of that. Like, I was in the, you know, the pack with you. Yeah. And I was like, kind of looking forward to the 90 minutes when this is over. <laughs> you know, it was uh-huh. like, a, let's just do this thing so I can do it and move on with my fitness life. And... That was how I felt pretty much the whole race. My favorite parts of the day were beforehand, I bumped into Egan, who we bumped into after, yep. and got to like chat with him for a little bit. Just He's an awesome guy. And then obviously found you, and that was really fun. So it was like I had fun for about five minutes before the start line. The whole time I was running, I was like, can we just get this thing over? And then about halfway, no, a third of the way through, I had drank too much water, and I had to pee, so I peed. And then I like, stomach started hurting really bad so for the like middle three miles like four to seven i was just like in pain and i was like this is stupid but it also highlighted i was like i'm really bad at game day nutrition because i had the same kind of problems in austin when i was at crossfit like yeah i couldn't get my food right couldn't like eat well enough during the day that i didn't need to have this giant meal at night and then i have this giant meal and i wake up feeling bad the next morning so it was like i do need to work on this so it highlighted some things to work on which i appreciated but i would say that like pretty much the whole time I was like, I just want to get this thing over with. My motivation to run was get over faster. <laughs> um, and then my second favorite part was being done and catching up with you guys again. So it was like, it had nothing to do with the race. I enjoyed the back ends of the race where I got to hang out with people that I like, but none of the in-between. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Which you can get that well, elsewhere. It's one of the reasons I like CrossFit. There's a lot of time spent hanging with people. Even people I don't know. Like I had a great time in Austin just like, making friends with some of the guys I was next to in lanes. You know, like you you get corralled. There's normally heats. So they seed the heats as the seeds change so it'll become the bumpy around and stuff. But you pretty much have your group of 10, maybe 20 people that you're in contact with all time, like all um, weekend long. And there's lanes. So the people who are laned next to you, you start to chat with all the time. And like that was my favorite part of Austin too. I liked the workouts much more. They were much more my jam because yeah. I do more of them. But it was really 
the fun part was, I've never met this dude. Where are you from, man? What's your story? Why are you here? Like one guy was staying at the same hotel as me. He was the only dude over 30. I was about to turn 30. So I was like, oh, cool. Like we're both, everybody else we're with is like 23 and you and I are the like old people, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just like fun stuff like that. I met a kid from Chicago who like moved to Austin because he was tired of the cold. He's like personal trainer now and like 22, played hockey. Like it was just like fun to get to know people. So I think that part of the events is like worth paying for. Mm-hmm. But I think that structured, repetitive events like CrossFit play more into that community thing than we're going to be on this run for a really long time. Not not really long enough to like get to know each other, but long enough that we're next to each other. Mm-hmm. So like maybe, maybe even like longer races could be cooler because it's kind of like you fall into a pack with people and then you kind of start doing the thing together. But um, I mean, did you socialize with anybody on the run? No. Yeah. So yeah, there's like that, that was sort of my thoughts of it. I got done and I think I said, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I need to do it again. And like, I don't know, I, I could end up signing up for one again in some future but do you think you will anytime in the near future sign for any distance of running event i don't think so yeah the only thing i could see is like an ocr um but that's probably also not gonna happen yeah um yeah i don't really see it i mean it's good that you know that it's good that you know that i also have an incredible amount of respect for people who are running these paces like it's one thing to see someone run a 5.30, half, 5.30 repeat half. And be like, wow, that seems fast. And then when you go out and you run a 7.45 and you think about how you felt and you're like, and they ran a 5.30. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the respect level is like, respect's the wrong word, always respected it. Some of the understanding, the comprehension of what it takes to get to that level mm-hmm. is like, woof, some dedication hard work yeah yeah oh that's so interesting it reignited my desire to like get back to a for me high level yeah like i want to not have my current pr in the half be my pr Mm -hmm. yeah means i gotta get fast i mean that's i think that's a good indication of when you come out of an event regardless of how it went and you feel more motivated to do the thing more it's a good sign that you have found a thing that really fills you up yeah, because I came out of Austin like doing way better than I expected to, but very excited to go work on things. It's yeah, like, yeah, love love doing CrossFit. My relationship with most races is that they're awful, and that as soon as I'm done, I'm like, that was the best. <laughs> Even my PR. What do you think? Like they're awful. Like leading up to it, you think they're awful, or no, the during event. it? Oh, during yeah. like just sucks. Yeah, like the the one that I PR'd. You would think like, oh yeah, like I'm hitting my splits, whatever, right? It's just like fucking hard. It's just hard. And just painful for 90 minutes straight and whatever. And yet as soon as I'm done, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to do another one of those. Dude, I actually really do identify with that. There's not a moment in the middle of a hard Metcon that I'm like, this is so fun. I love doing this. Right? Like, no, this is painful and it hurts. But- there's something about it as soon as you're done that you're like, oh, I did it. There's like little moments where I can experience it, perhaps. Like yeah. when I was doing that PR one and the first mile, the first mile of the Monumental is awful. Because we were like, you know, the pacer was supposed to be holding a 651, right? And the first mile was like a 745. 
Which, if you're trying to go for a oh fast hash, so you have to like speed up so awful, much, yeah, right? Like it's terrible because it's so fucking crowded. It's narrow. All the like the start of that race is just not ideal. Um, but because they were trying to hold pace, we were going like six thirty somethings. So you're hurting. But here's the thing: in that moment, they were they were saying like people around me were like, you know, we're doing like six thirty five to six thirty eight. I'm like, oh, we are. Like this is great, yeah. Because I felt you felt fine, fine, yeah. Um, and then at like mile seven of that race or whatever, I went ahead of the pacer. I was like, all right, I'm gonna try and like just see what I can do faster yeah. than ninety minutes. And then it's just pain and misery and just <laughs> awful, but just so great. Yeah, also so great. It's so totally. great. I mean, I think the happiest I have felt in an athletic event in. As, as long as I can literally remember was this year's open. They had a really heavy for me snatch in the open and it was like a ladder. So it just got, it got consistently heavier and there was a clear delineation between you finished one of the barbells and you didn't finish one of the barbells. And that was the level at which your athleticism was. And in the back, like my background, I never would have finished that barbell. And the first time I tried the workout, I got through seven of them and missed three attempts and I knew, I was like, you can, to two things were true. I did not need to do it again in order to make the level I was, I was to qualify for quarterfinals. I was already way ahead of the pack in the qualifying rounds. But I was like, you need to do it. And so I did it on Friday night. And normally when you do something on Friday night, you'll repeat like Monday. I woke up Saturday and I was like, got up. It was like a really shoulder heavy workout. And I woke up and I was like, feel good let's go do it let's go get it and went right into the gym and just hammered it and like finishing those snatches i was like euphoric in the middle of a hard workout you know what yeah. i mean so to your point of like there are times where it happens but most of the time it's just like sucks it's just sucky and this is a thing that's been rattling around in my brain um the farther away from something you are the more sexy it can look mm -hmm. and easier it can look so like when you watch athletes do their thing like you watch somebody hit a home run, it looks so easy. Just like swing the bat, whack, 450 feet later, they're chatting around the bases, it looks so chill. The amount of like, tur like turbulence and chaos in, the closer you get to the batter, the more you see it. And the, the, if you are the person in the ring, it ain't sexy from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel, it doesn't like feel as smooth as it looks, you know? Well, perfect example of that, uh, I golfed yesterday. For the first time in a decade. Who'd you golf with? Brian. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I went for nine at, last evening. And I like I play this like, all I do is run. I'm not sporty. I'm clunky, dumb, yeah. fuck, whatever. Which like, really, I'm actually You're not. not like yeah. <laughs> um, But I was like, I don't know. I wonder how this will go. That was awful. Golf is very hard. It was awful. Very hard. We hit nine, and I had three where it was like a good straight-ish drive. <laughs> That's actually not bad. And then the rest of them, it was like... Slice. Or just Dribbler. like yeah. go, yeah. Warmer. Just roll yeah. down, not even make it to the fairway kind uh -huh. of thing. And is one of those good examples of like, it's so much harder when you're actually close to it. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, it. like the thing for me is always watching like people I would consider really strong move heavy weights, and it looks so easy. It does not feel easy. They're just good at it. And that's the thing, even to them, 
No, it's not it's easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. They're just good at it. Yeah. They know how to do it. Just like with running or CrossFit, literally anything, anything. right? It's like Elliot Kipchoge can do a marathon at 437 a mile. <laughs> but you know what? That's not easy. easy. Yeah, he's hurting. Yeah. He's hurting. So it's funny. Like there's a the one of the things that happens in CrossFit is like people expect that, oh, I'll get better and it'll get easier. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know what's funny? Do you enjoy when it's awful afterwards? Like, I did that 40-whatever-mile bike ride at, like, 20 miles an hour a couple weeks ago, and I felt terrible the next day. Like, my legs were trash. Yeah, I've been trash And I was like, this is so fun. Oh, yeah, there's a a strong part of me that loves it. I've I've been debilitatingly sore this week. Like, I can't walk. I woke up, it was weird. I woke up Monday morning already sore and I was like, uh-oh. Uh-huh. And then I did a bunch of legs on Monday because that's what we have scheduled for Monday and dug myself into the deepest hole ever and um, kind of love it. Same with like my knee and given this isn't like muscle soreness from like hard work, I guess yeah. something that's actually it might wrong. Be. Might be. Um, and like it literally hurts to like sit down and whatever. I'm like, this is hilarious. Yeah, part of me laughs at it. I mean, like, I literally until until today, I've been having to like put my hands on chairs to lower myself because like the eccentric motion of squatting is not possible. Yeah. But I murfed today. I had to get better. Like I was like, what do I do? I I can't do 300 air squats with a vest on and run two miles with my legs not functioning. Like I could barely walk. Like you saw me walking around like I like. They, I couldn't bend my legs. Yep. Um, but there's something it's great so about funny. it. There's something great about it. Because you know you're pushing yourself. Yeah, and like I I, over, I overreached, probably non-functional overreaching at some level this yeah. week. But at the same time, there is a mental capability in that that's like, well, you did that many when you couldn't move. So when you feel good, how is it going to go? You know, it's like yeah. there's sort of like another benefit there. Yeah. Hmm. And I, to answer your original question of do you love it after, like, yeah, always. In fact, the more it hurts during, the more I love it after. Yeah. There's a direct correlation. When when I get done with a workout and I don't feel like that nearly killed you, there is a there is some percent of me that's like, I miss that. And every day cannot be that. You can't always go to that level. But like, no. Nope there's something that is not quite as fun when you're not which is i think i said to you one of the things about distance running that i miss from the crossfit side of it is like it's a different sort of endorphin improvement mm-hmm. sort of longer slower burn whereas like it doesn't suck until it sucks and there's a long period of time where it doesn't because yeah. you have to go easier right right and i'm not patient and you just want the suck i just want the suck and get me like I talk about, like I in CrossFit, I'm like get through the first round of the workout, and I'm in way better shape. Yep. Now the suck is happening, and there's actually a piece of me that like when the suck hits, I'm like, oh good, there it is. I've been waiting for it. I've been scared of it. I've been wanting to get into the mess and just get it over with. Now it's here. Worst part's over. I'm already living in it. What's gonna happen? Nothing. I'm gonna keep moving as best I can, and then it's gonna be over. It's yep. just like, but the boogeyman of it, like. It's pretty funny. You can watch all the people who do individual training in our gym. We'll get to that point where we're about to do the workout, and we will find ways to not do it. Like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom again. Oh, I need to tape my hands. Oh, I need to find some chalk. Oh, I need to get my belt. Oh, 
oh, oh and like oh and move that piece of equipment over here and like the the like delay because you know that it's about to hurt yeah is like thing probably waste 20 minutes a day sometimes on that just not doing shit oh man yeah i want to lift again there's a gym you know just like right there yeah. and right there yeah 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 it's just gonna be a plain ass gym yep it will be but also i just this for some reason is sort of related since we're on this fitness thing i think today needs to actually just be like a catching up on shit episode okay and then we'll do like a topic next a time. real episode and this is the like we've been away from the pod for a while yeah um but have uh, you got any um in that sense keep keep going yeah um well so this is a story that was maybe on rituals podcast um they're talking about this woman who is a film uh i think writer um and also elite triathlete Mm, cool and that she was trying to get this one movie made for like a decade and you have to renew some rights to it every year to okay. keep it. And, and to, you have to renew your option. Whatever, I don't know how that shit works. But it's like 15 grand a year to renew this thing. And, Not cheap. Yeah. And had to like keep doing it to keep this potential for this movie alive. And the, the lengths that she went to, she was like winning races to fund this thing. <laughs> and there was a, a, an event, an elite level event, where like the day before... I'm going to butcher this on some level, but the day before she like fell off her bike, broke her shoulder. Okay. And this was like, the option was coming up for renewal. She had to make the money and like broke her shoulder the day before this triathlon. It's like, well, what are you going to do? And her husband was like, well, why don't you do it anyways? Okay. So broken shoulder. Just a swim. Start is a Two swim. miles. Yep. To start. Comes out Ow. last. Ow. Like survives the swim, but is in last place. Yeah. And then between the bike and the run, wins it. That doesn't With totally shock me because I feel like the, the biggest, I mean, that's amazing, but like the biggest difference is not the swim. Like you can be a great swimmer and win that by two and a half minutes. And the last place could be five, four minutes behind you. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. not a huge separator. I mean, it's a long time in the water. It's a long time in the water. It is, but like. I mean, I was just listening to a guy who does half on a different random podcast, and he just happened to mention, he was like, I was a college swimmer. I'm an elite swimmer in the water. And you can get past. And he's like, and you, yeah. and you can crush it and be two minutes ahead. Yeah. But you can win the bike by 10 minutes. Yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. Which I just hadn't really thought about. I figured the swim would be the separator because it's so hard for most people, but mm-hmm. that was like, oh, okay, maybe not. Broken shoulder, <sighs> last out of the water and won. That's pretty amazing. People are amazing. People are amazing, especially when they have a really good reason to be amazing. Yeah. So the whole like find your why is like cliche and over overspoken, but important. Important. Because you can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things. And then I'm like, yeah, my knee hurts. Forget uni. Forget uni. I'm just going to run. Well, you're not in the middle of a race, so maybe you should maybe try to figure out the root cause of that knee problem. I guarantee if I did two squat sessions, it'd be gone. Yeah, do you do you um do you do any like knee prehab at all? Uh, I do some like dynamic stretching stuff, but I don't do enough warm up. We do probably twice a week. We have um, like accessory work that is lower leg care, like knee over toes guy kind of stuff. Yeah, very helpful, very helpful. Yeah, 
Uh, there's a lot of stuff that yeah. I could do that I don't. I did a mobility session this morning to get ready for Murph, and it saved my life. Like, I woke up and I was like, still really sore. Shit. Did like one very light lift we had scheduled, and then I did 15 minutes of this like mobility flow that the PT on staff writes for everybody all week. And I was like, wow, amazing when you follow somebody who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and their job is to make you move better and feel better. I was like, wow, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go now. Yeah. I'll stop buying expensive shit and start investing in these other things <laughs> that are like a lot less money. Katie and I were talking about this yesterday. Like there's, well, we were talking about your buddy who bought the Porsche. Yeah. And she was like, if you just like, randomly happened into a ton of money what would you buy like what would be the thing that you blow your money on and so we were having a good conversation around that and what i came to discover is like there's pretty much not any stuff that i really like i'm not motivated by cars like i just i just don't i just don't care it's not the thing that like gets me excited yeah i'd probably spend you would get a brand new f-150 though um it would really depend on how much money i came into Okay. If it was like, yeah, okay, sure. Sure, but if you if like it, if happened it was like, into like a couple hundred grand or whatever. Probably then, not. Yeah. A couple hundred grand, I probably would not. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. it would be a chunk of it. You know, yep. brand new from 50 let's say it's 80 grand. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't spend nearly half on a car. Yeah. Um, I would spend $15,000 on a sauna, a cold plunge, and an air runner. <laughs> I would do that. You would have the ultimate fitness setup. Oh, it would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. Um. But but I do like to blow my money on like self improvement shit that yeah. isn't stuff. So like, I bought big nutrition coaching. I spend a decent amount of money every month on online programming and a membership to a gym. Like not an insignificant amount oh, of yeah. money um, over the course of the year. I'd probably spend. I'd probably pay for. I would do personal coaching with my program versus group for a quarter. And you could do all like, the like ag1 and factor and whatever like yeah. anything that possibly would make like the fitness stuff just easier and yeah work better, I just, right well it was like, funny i was sitting down with somebody one day and he had sold his business and i was like i was like did you did you do anything like did your life change it on he was like not really man he was like you know what what i did though i uh i did treat myself to travel packets of of ag1 <laughs> that's amazing he's like you know because every time i would be traveling i would take plastic baggies and i would scoop my scoops in for my AG1. He's like, and when I when I sold the business, I was like, I'm gonna buy some travel packs. <laughs> Just like the funny things. That's so funny. The funny things that we like don't let ourselves do. That I mean, that's not a, any amount of money. Yeah. Like real money. Yeah. Um I mean, I won't even let myself do AG1. No, me either. It's like I, I also have a lot of questions about how well powderized uh fruits and veggies actually impact you. And but in terms of like what you get from a like vitamin standpoint compared to if you're doing like a multi pill, it's definitely better than that, or at least it appears to be. Yeah. Um. I also eat an incredible amount of fruits and vegetables. Yeah. So my now I've taken it for a month. I did feel better, mostly in my breathing. Like I was more open. So it's definitely an additive. My question is: Is it is it three dollars a day additive? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's actually not that much money, but it like kind of is. Like you know what I mean. It's one mm-hmm. of those things that I'm like, is I it worth I can't it? stand the. It's like a coffee a day. Oh fuck that. It's nonsense. 
first of all, it's not because I buy $13.49 for two pounds of organic roasted beans yeah. at Costco that are fucking great. And I, they last me a month. So it ain't $3 a day for my coffee. <laughs> it's like there are people who literally go buy a coffee every yeah. day, but not that high of a percentage of people. I, I could And go, you're still doing that. It's like, it's only a coffee a day. It's like, yeah, but it's now two. Yeah. It's not even like, I, you know, I get bagels every day. Yeah. We buy bagels every day. It's not even a bagel a day. My, my two bagels are less than that. Yeah. I'm probably going to do it next month, though, if I'm honest. Do it. I've got to, I mean, I've got Actually, to, next month is probably actually going to be another terrible financial month, so maybe July. You know what? I, I showed Kyler these yesterday um, when I was at the Endeavor food tour. Yeah. Met the gal who runs Greenleaf Juicery. Okay. Uh, Laura. Laura's really cool. We had lunch yesterday, and I went to... There's a Greenleaf around the corner from my house. Mm. And uh, they make a thing called Nectar. Bro. Yeah. That thing's cool as hell. So what they do with um, all the powdered greens are they basically roast the shit out of them, pulverize them so that they became... Dehydrate. Dehy- yeah, like yeah. dehydrate mm-hmm. them and then pulverize them. And that takes... That's, that's why my skepticism exists because it takes a lot of the nutrients out to do that. They use all whole fruits and vegetables that work with True Essence to do this. And these packets have like... In insane amount of stuff and I, w- I wish i had the thing in front of me it's like two cups of kale half an apple half a pomegranate like it's like this list of stuff and then it is in a in a um honey like consistency so it's shelf stable whole uncooked fruits and vegetables so cool that sounds pretty great so cool now it, the thing that's really interesting too is that it actually has calories Oh yeah, 120 calories a packet because it's it's real fruits and vegetables. They didn't take everything out of it, um, but I'm like, that's cool as shit. Um, and she's they're working on hitting production levels that'll get them out into AG1 price points. Right now they're like four and a half bucks a unit. Okay. Um, but yeah, pretty freaking cool. Dang. I would do that before I did AG1 because it, it makes more sense in my head. Like, yeah, I just want to try it. Oh, I mean, dude, fuck yeah, try it. Because if, if that, like, the thing I think about is, like, if AG1 worked for me, and it did, that would work even better. Yeah. And while they work on their production situation to get it down to a price point. And I have some, like, I probably have spinach or kale or something on a daily basis, mm-hmm. a banana and an apple and some other stuff, like, every day. But, yeah. like, it's not actually that much. So I could actually benefit from, totally. like, some additive from I would, that nature. I totally would benefit from it. It's just, like, do I benefit enough yeah it um i try to aim for about 800 grams if i if i eat potatoes instead of rice i get there 100 percent of the time um just because potatoes are still a vegetable people love to criminalize potatoes fucking great um other days when i eat mostly rice as my grain it's a little bit more challenging for me but i'll have 200 grams of fruit in the morning 200 grams of veggies and stuff veggies slash fruit at lunch i'll have a fruit in the afternoon as a snack another thing at dinner like I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. But it I do still feel better when I take a green. So there we go. There you go. That's my to do for next month. It's worth it in some capacity. You just have to decide if it's worth it for you. I at least need to try it. I spend I added so many monthly expenses last month. We got some pain this dude to Marlon, which I'm super pumped about. Love the thing he's doing with his business. He does a great job and I get my time back, which is awesome. And it'll take Two and a half years before I catch up to what it would cost to replace my mower, which is psychotic. Yeah. 
Um, the other thing we added is we got we got lawn care. That actually is not monthly. We paid all of it up front. Thank God. I hate monthly expenses. They drive me crazy. Um, and then we got some pest control because we live in a forest. Yeah. And it's like, none of it's like that expensive, but God, I hate recurring expenses. They drive me nuts. And it adds up when you it don't does. think about them. It does. Thankfully, the car is paid off in a month. There we go. I'm so pumped. So That's pumped. big. Oh, yeah. I mean, awesome. That's why you're like, well, you'd get a brand new one. Nah, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so ready to not have that payment on my account every month. I don't even like, I think I should appreciate more how I don't have that. It's nice, dude. Well, the thing that's funny is I've been paying, you know, the same amount on my car every month for the last like six years because I had to buy a car when I had no money. <laughs> so I had a 72 month loan and uh, I called them up the other day to figure out exactly my balance and when, when it's paid off and everything. And she made the commentary and she i mean i know this but hearing it was still like god that's so annoying i was like okay so i owe this much so next month whatever she was like yeah what you want to do before you pay it off is like call us again and get your final statement because your interest accrues daily (laughs) i was like you fuckers like Uh i was like oh duh of course it agrees because you can like pay it off and not have paid it off kind of thing because like like five dollars left Uh (laughs) it's like this is such shit um, like if I were to pay the amount that I've paid every month since I got my truck, um, I would not pay it off. I'd have like another chunk of money on the outside of it. I'm like, this is nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. Anyway, I hate accruing interest. It makes me very angry. Yeah. But we love it. We love it from our savings accounts. So we can't be mad about the fact that we have to pay it when we yeah, don't have sure. our money. So I feel like what else a- up in your world? Any content? We haven't talked about content yet. Uh, I don't even know if my head is there, man. Honestly, I think I might need like coffee to actually work. Yeah. If I'm completely honest. I need to go work too. It's, yeah, we've been going for an hour and 10. Let's do that then. Let's do that. Our takeaways are to me try AG1. You try AG1. And you, I don't know. You Me pay off a truck and get rid of some of the recurring fucking expenses. And then next week we'll actually tackle the subject. Yeah. 